0: This is the Dean's Dissertation, the Cleveland Sports Review and Beyond, with your host, Greg Brinda. Hey everybody, welcome again to the Dean's Dissertations. It's uh, a Saturday, it's July the 22nd, 2017, and talk some Cavaliers basketball today. Now, not that I don't ever want to talk about the Cavaliers. You know, people say, well, you can talk about the Cavaliers, you know, 365 days a year, 12 months a year, 24-7 if you wanted to. Well, I I don't know if you can. You can talk about the Browns maybe 24-7. I'm not even sure if you can talk about the Indians 24-7. Here's what I know. Here's what I know. We're going to talk about the Cavs right now because they are the subject. And one Cavalier in particular by the name of Kyrie Irving. Folks, I um, I was flabbergasted for maybe a second yesterday. Maybe a second. I was flabbergasted upon hearing uh, the news that Kyrie wanted to be traded. And I'm going. Why in the world would you want to be traded? You still got three years to go on your contract. After two, you can opt out. You're going to get 20 million for the next year and 20 million for the year after that. Uh, if my math is right, and I wasn't a math major, but simple arithmetic says that's 40 million bucks. And. You've been to the NBA Finals three straight years, and you got a ring, and you're playing with maybe one of the best players in the history of the game in LeBron James. So what more can you want, Kyrie? What more is there out there that um, you think is better off somewhere else? I think we got to kind of go back to the beginning of all of this. You know, Kyrie was drafted when the Cavaliers were not good, when LeBron James was saying adios and taking his talents to Miami because he felt that was the best place to win a title. And for LeBron James at that time, kind of betrayed a city, betrayed a fan base, said goodbye, did it in a very coarse, almost inhuman way on national TV but um, maybe not understanding it completely, if you really wanted to get into the mindset of LeBron James, okay, so be it. We got it. We understand. That's what he did. But in the meantime, the Cavaliers went through four years of living hell. The fans of the Cavaliers went through four years of living hell. The draft became the big deal. Who are we going to pick? How are we going to get better? How are we going to, you know, show LeBron somewhere down the road that we can win a championship without him? Well, that's a novel thought. It's a novel idea. It's ego on one half, but it may not be realistic, folks, because again, when you look at the history of the NBA, when you look at the map of the NBA, when you look at the landscape of the NBA, only a few teams have really the ability to win an NBA title, barring you know some of the better teams or some of the best teams getting you know racked with injuries, and that does happen. Injuries happen in sports. It's not like um, it doesn't happen. We've seen our share here. And I'm not going to really get into it. And, you know, obviously we've seen our basketball share of injuries. So the Cavaliers drafted Kyrie Irving. Didn't play a whole lot at Duke because he was hurt. That didn't really matter. The uh, Cavs front office knew that uh, they were getting a solid talent. And when we saw Kyrie Irving play at the NBA level, we really did see that talent emerge. We saw Greatness. We saw a fabulous player. Now, I'm not sure if we saw a leader to a title. We saw a big pieces part to that title. But I think all of us who have followed the NBA and basketball, and even if you are the hardest of diehard Cavs fans, you have to realize that um, you need more than Kyrie Irving. And the Cavaliers went on their way to try to put together the best team that they could. Not knowing if indeed LeBron James Someday would want to come back Or if the powers that be Wanted LeBron James back Or if the fans wanted LeBron James Back Well we're not going to rehash that story That's not the story that we're here for today We know that story It's been told a hundred times over We know what happened in July of 2014 When it all came together One more time For the Cleveland Cavaliers And LeBron James announced that he was coming home. That he would be part of hopefully bringing a championship back to, his, to, to where he grew up, where he was born, where, he's cut, where he cut his teeth professionally in the first seven years of his career. So LeBron does come home. He has Kyrie. And in a blink of an eye, the Cavaliers go out and get another All Star. A great player in Kevin Love. Prior to all that, they went out and got themselves a rookie coach who had never coached in the NBA before. His name was David Black, who really made his name coaching outside the United States, coaching in Europe, in Turkey, in Israel. Good players out there. Guys who are just step below the NBA level go out there and play in those leagues and make a ton of money. Not as much as an NBA player, but they they do okay. And the competition is pretty darn good. But it's not the creme de la creme. It is not the NBA. You know it. I know it. I don't have to get that. I don't. You know, really have to. You know. Get into it that much. We know what that is all about. So you got David Blatt, you got LeBron James. Got a real interesting mix of players and a coaching staff and a front office that's going to change rather quickly and David Griffin, who um, also has cut his teeth in a couple of places and kind of looked at the whole landscape of what the Cavaliers were and said, you know, let's see how far this goes. And in year number one, Cavaliers made it to the NBA Finals We you know how that all ended Tough, six games Kyrie got hurt Kevin Love got hurt And it didn't happen But oh that second year It did happen And oh how we celebrated And how how great the game seven was Oh man LeBron block, a Kyrie shot You know that story too And then a big parade with a million people. I had no idea what a million people would look like in downtown Cleveland. I don't think anybody had an idea what a million people would look like in downtown Cleveland. But we saw it, folks. We experienced it. Those of you who were there, you were right in the thick of things. You were in the middle of what, um, well, something that we'll remember for the rest of our lives. But let's get back to Kyrie. In year number two, Kyrie Irving made the all-star team for the first time. Pretty good. Made the all-star team. And I remember that fateful day was late January, early February, when uh, the the announcement was made, probably early February, and the Cavaliers were having practice at Cleveland Clinic Courts. So, of course, we all wanted to hear what Kyrie Irving had to say. We got Kyrie Irving, Cavalier, bad team, great player, making the all-star team. Got to be playing with LeBron James and the boys. So they bring Kyrie over. And the question is, the first one, very direct and to the point, Kyrie, how do you feel about making the all-star team? And the first thing out of his mouth was, it's great for my brand. We all kind of looked at him and went, really, that's your answer? It's great for your brand? And it, it had, it, it, it took a while to sink in. It, 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 you know, you're sitting there and you're trying to uh, absorb all of this, trying to digest all of this. And you're going, wow. He said nothing about the fans of Cleveland, the, the, the team. He didn't even mention himself said it was great for his brand well I guess that's kind of mentioning yourself it's great for my brand and I knew right there and then I go oh boy oh boy Kyrie Irving's a Cavalier because he got drafted by the Cavaliers is Kyrie Irving going to be a, uh, stay a Cavalier well ultimately he did signed a big deal a few years later Got him a hundred mil and a pretty good um, a pretty good bank account, I would say. But that never left me. I, I I I that never ever ever left me. And we saw Kyrie play great games. We saw LeBron James taking him under his wing and trying to mold him into a terrific player and a a, a professional. And this is what you have to do. And this is what it means to be a team player. And this is what you can do. And this is what you can't do. And this is what you have to sacrifice. And this is what you have to do to, you know, to make your own stardom. But there's only one goal, and that's to win a championship. And they got that done in year number two. But there were nights when all of them, you know, there's... You know, 82-game season is a long, long season. You can't be great every night. And we understand that. There were nights where you just kind of wondered about the team, you wondered about their collective attitude, you, you, you wondered about their commitment, especially the year after the Cavaliers won the title this past season. When bad habits started to emerge, when it looked as if the Cavs didn't really care about the regular season, they knew they were going to win enough games to get to the postseason. They might not get the number one seed. But they knew that they were good enough to come out of the East. And everybody thought, and maybe the Cavaliers thought, and maybe the coaching staff thought, and maybe the uh, the front office thought that, hey, we can just flip the switch. Flip the switch. And we'll win it all again. Back to back years Well we know How that outcome Came and went We know the Cavaliers didn't make it past five games We know they had a terrific game four They had a very good game three But somebody had to lose four games in that uh, Final series and it was the Cleveland Cavaliers Losing four games In five tries and that was it, that was the end of the run. And then the off season began. And the questions persisted. Well, how the Cavs are gonna get better? How are they, they gonna show the world that they can um, you know, really compete with Golden State next year? Was there, uh, was there a path to getting the job done and competing against the Warriors? Legitimately, get an owner and spent a ton of money on salary. And an owner had spent a ton of money on <laughs> a luxury tax. And they didn't have much money left. They were over the cap. Got about $5 million to spend, 5 million. In today's NBA world, that ain't a whole lot. Names started popping up, Paul George first came and people wondered how could they make that deal? Well, it, would, it was gonna be very hard, if, if, that, if at all. And we gotta remember, folks, It's not as if the Cavaliers could just take what they want. The other team has to cooperate also. And it didn't seem as if the Indiana Pacers had any, really any cause to cooperate with the Cavaliers. They just didn't seem to be willing to go where the Cavaliers went. And in the midst of all of that, David Griffin, the GM, whose contract was up at the end of June, that was not renewed by Dan Gilbert last year, could not come to an agreement for a new deal. Not enough money, not enough say-so, not enough power, not enough autonomy. And David Griffin said, you know what? I'm good enough to be a GM somewhere else. Maybe not this year, but somebody's going to want me. Somebody's going to want my services. Look what I did. So David Griffin said goodbye and said, hey, see you down the road somewhere. And he left. So now what you got, you got the Cavaliers trying to find their way through the offseason. Trying to add pieces, parts. And, you know, trying to figure out what could they do to just <sighs> cut that rope short between themselves and the Golden State Warriors, if they could. We know what they all did. resign Kyle Korver, signed Jeff Green. And you just, you know, you just, you just wondered, could could it, could, no matter what was out there, could it be enough? Carmelo Anthony became a hot topic again because all that problem with the New York Knicks, we're not going to go into that. We, you, know, you know the situation. There are still some of you out there that would trade Kevin Love for Carmelo Anthony. Folks, I got to tell you, you make that deal, it ain't going to happen. Cavs aren't going to win anything. Now, this was all before the Kyrie stuff broke. In fact, I said, you know what? If the Cavs make that deal, I'll go to Vegas, bet a lot of money, and win a lot of money that the Cavaliers won't win a title. Some people are in love with Carmelo Anthony. I'm not... And everybody well, LeBron wants him. Well, I think LeBron wants him, but I think LeBron's not stupid. He knows that there's limitations on Carmelo Anthony, and he knows how valuable Kevin Love is. But now you got a player in Kyrie Irving who said to the Cavaliers, apparently a week ago, "Hey, I'd like to be traded." Now there was some rumblings right after the season and right as free agency began that that Kyrie Irving might be um, might be a tradable commodity if the right deal was there. We found that very interesting. I found it interesting, but. I try to put myself in the uh, shoes of the owner. As we said, and there's no denying, Kyrie Irving's a great player. But Kyrie Irving is not a two-way player. You know, the best players in the NBA folks, period, end of story, no disagreement, no argument, are the people who play both offense and defense. And although Kyrie either goes through the motions or tries a little bit, He's limited. He's limited in his lateral quickness. And I think he's also limited in his real desire and attitude to play defense. Not his thing. Doesn't do it a lot. Occasionally, you'll see it, but not enough. And Dan Gilbert's probably sitting there going, okay, I'm paying this young man a lot of money. He's a one-way player. And if you go back to the finals this past season, you got to ask yourself, did everybody come to play every night? Kyrie had some great games and not so great games. How can you not have, how can you not be on your A game every night of the NBA playoffs? Now, I'm sure the Golden State Warriors, all of them were not on their A game every night, but it sure seemed that way. Sure seemed when they needed a big shot, they got one. Sure seemed when it was crunch time they got it. And other than the game four, which was kind of an anomaly, when you think back, folks, great game, fun, exciting, awesome, at the queue, terrific. But it was, at the end of the day, an anomaly. It really was. So maybe maybe you throw the name Kyrie out there. Well, you know, we'll talk. You want Kyrie? What would you give us for But it's now deeper than that, folks. Kyrie now wants to be the center of attention on his team. He wants to get out of the shadow of LeBron James. He's already mentioned four teams he'd like to go to. Well, guess what? Number one, you can't pick the teams you want to go to, Kyrie. Number two, it says a lot about a player... Who is kind of looking down the road for his own I guess professional well-being for a better choice of words We've had a couple of NBA national writers say Well Kyrie is just um, This is a premature strike Because he doesn't know if LeBron James is going to stay That's right, we don't know LeBron James has always put himself in the best position All right? A lot of people in the national media want LeBron James to go. A lot of people in the national media believe that LeBron James is not going to stay. And every day, every day, they pound it into our heads why LeBron James not going to stay past next year. That either he's going to go to L.A. or get together with his buddies and you know, you know, ride into the sunset playing fun or checking out his options to see where he has the best chance to win a title. It's going to leave everybody in limbo. All right. That's part of LeBron's MO. We get it. We know it. We understand it. Maybe we don't understand it, but we got to accept it, folks, because that's just the way it is. And maybe Kyrie is going, well, hey, I don't know what's going to happen past next year. Well, let me put it this way. So if LeBron James leaves and you're still here Kyrie, you're still the man. You would be the man. I guess that's not good for you. Or you want to you want to you want to uh, you want to look at the landscape and see what'd be best for you. Well, you don't have that you don't have that control. You'll have that control a couple of years from now. But you don't have it for next year. You don't have it for the year after. A lot of things can happen. You could get hurt. We don't know what the future lies for Kyrie Irving. But it doesn't seem to lie here in Cleveland. And you know what? That's fine. You know, as someone who's covered sports going on 40 years, has been a sports fan for almost 60 years, You know, you can can only take so much of prima donna athletes. If you don't want to be here, if you don't want to be Cleveland, if you don't want to help Cleveland or your team win anything, then just get the hell out. Who needs you? Now, we've had a lot of discussion in the last 24 hours. People have come up and said, well, Kobe wanted the same thing in L.A. He wanted out, didn't want to play with Shaq. He said, Kobe, we're not trading you. Came back and played with Shaq and won a couple of rings. Well, that's Kobe. That's Shaq. That's LA. That's Kobe's head. That may not be Kyrie Irving's head. I don't know what's in Kyrie Irving. No one knows. Kyrie hasn't said a word. He's in Tokyo with his brand. Doing whatever the brand is doing. So I don't know if, um, if, if if the Cavaliers said, no, hey, guess what, Kyrie? You're going to play out your deal here. You're going to play here no matter what. We're not trading you. But I don't know. How is that in the best interest of the team? On one end, you would say, well, it gives the Cavaliers still the best chance to win an NBA title. I get that argument. But if you are a fan, if you're part of the media, if you're part of you know the Cavs' kingdom you want to look at a guy on the court every night who really doesn't want to be here who's only here because he has to be here who's only here because this is just a business not even a business decision it's just part of the deal that he signed a few years ago and he can't get out of so again if you're a Cavs fan Do you want Kyrie Irving playing for you? I mean, it's almost as if, well, let's just sit back and think about this. He's a mercenary soldier. Uh, He's there for one thing. Well, we're not even sure what he's there for, right? Is he there to win a title or is he there to really pave his way for his next team? I guess he would want to win a title, right? If he stayed, if the Cavaliers said, nah, we aren't going to trade you. And then what would his relationship be with his teammates? What would his relationship be with LeBron James or Kevin Love or or anybody for that matter? Knowing full well that he really doesn't want to be here. Now... A lot of you would say, "Well, that's easy, Greg. You know, why would they want them to play here?" But remember this: this is a brotherhood. You know, these guys are not like old school. Uh, they understand what it's all about. They understand that you know, it's it's you know, it's you know, where do you put yourself kind of first, and then you put yourself in a in, in that team mode. So it's not as cut and dry as maybe you and I thinking about that situation and going, well, when, why, why do I want a teammate that really has no desire to to, to to be on my side? It's not quite. There's there's a there's a lot of gray area, I think, in the NBA. There really is, and that's why I think the only conclusion is, and this may take a short time it may take a long time you got to find the best path to get him out of here and make the Cavaliers better today this isn't about Cavaliers for the future folks here's the other dilemma that the Cavaliers have the Cavs are in a must win now situation whether or not LeBron stays or goes the reality is well if he goes then you only have the one year if he stays, it's not like LeBron James is going to get better and better and better. He's playing—he's playing the back nine of his NBA career. If I can mix golf and basketball at the same time, he really is. And and you—you're you, going to try to run. You're going to try to want to sustain as much as you can. But eventually, LeBron will need a lot more help. Not in the short term. But absolutely in the long term, he's gonna need a lot more help. It's a dilemma, it's a tough situation. Kobe Altman, who is now the new GM, is gonna have to figure this out on the fly. He was the number three guy in charge. He's now gonna be the number one guy in charge. And he's gonna have to look at the NBA landscape and see what can I do that's best for the Cavaliers. And trust me, When and if he makes the deal, that will be his legacy. What did we get for Kyrie Irving? Did the Cavaliers sustain greatness? Were they able to get the job done again? Did they still remain the best team in the East? A lot of questions to be asked. And who would have ever thought that after going to the finals three straight years, winning one, losing two, trying to figure out what can we do with what we have just to make the Cavaliers give it their best shot against Golden State again has turned into this, has turned into, now what do we do with Kyrie? And maybe now, how is LeBron looking at this in a different way? If he is looking at it at a different way, I, I, I don't know. Going to be very, very interesting. And then one other thing that just really just the national media here in this offseason have set their targets on the Cavaliers and on Dan Gilbert. Really? Let's see. Only one team from the East has played in the NBA Finals the last three years. Guess what? That's the Cleveland Cavaliers. Only one owner has spent more money than God on his team and has put himself in tax, salary tax hell, and that's Dan Gilbert. That's what he's done. And for whatever reason, the media is coming after the Cavaliers, almost demanding that LeBron leave... Saying, oh, you know, uh, he's not going to stay more than a year. You know, he's gone. We want him to go. What? What? Why, why? What What does the national media have in this for themselves? Why would you want LeBron James to go? I look at all the other teams. I'm not really interested in who stays and goes. If somebody wants to stay with a particular team for a long time and, 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 and get a lot of money, more power to them. I'm not sitting here advocating so-and-so become a free agent and leave that team because that's a horrible situation. Well, maybe the Knicks. Who would ever want to stay with the New York Knicks? I don't get it. I really don't. So the, all this will do is add to more of the mean streak fodder that the national media has going towards the Cavaliers. Folks, going to be a very interesting offseason. I never thought it would be this interesting. Seriously. And we'll see now... What the future lies for Kyrie Irving. For me, the man's got to go, but they got to get the best deal for him. Whether or not you can marry those two things, that's easier said than done. It really is. So we'll see. I know one thing, we're going to be talking a lot more about the Cleveland Cavaliers, more than I ever thought we would. Well, when you think about it, it does be talking... Cavs than having to talk about the Browns who might actually win four or five games this year which will get a lot of people excited four or five games so you go from an F student to a D plus student wow that's a, that's a breakthrough, isn't it? So until next time, this is the Dean of Cleveland Sports, Greg Brindis, saying we'll talk to you along the road and not too far down the road. We'll be chatting with you again. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Subscribe now to the Dean's Dissertation on iTunes.